Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide and wonderful world of Japanese animation. I am a self-proclaimed anime expert called Sam, and with me as always is the man who doesn't know his whammon from his ramen. It's Will. How are you this week, Will? Hi Sam, I'm pretty good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, Will. How are you? (laughs) I'm pretty good, thank you, yeah. So this is the show where we look at a particular anime show and decide based on the first three episodes and based on our three questions whether this show is worthy of getting into the universe, whether we can show it to a complete novice and get them hooked on anime. So our our three questions that we've decided are the criteria uh, for the show are... The three biggies. Number one, is it conceptually good? So does it have a good idea, a a good concept? Uh, Number two, is there any fundamental turnoffs? Are there any big in-your-face sort of things that are going to turn people off the show? And number three, does it make you want to watch more? Does it have that uh, X factor as you as you will, uh, to sort of hook you in. one more time. Yes, to just keep you watching and keep you engaged. So yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, our idea. I'm a complete novice, so I've see- I'm seeing these shows for the first time and Sam's coming at them again from a bit more of an expert perspective. Um, expert may be a bit of a strong word, but I'll take it where it, where it is. <laughs> Wait, you're not an expert? <laughs> what are we doing, Sam? <laughs> oh my God, it's all, a, it's all a sham. Shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> Yeah, so um, what have you been up to this week? Anything much? Uh, not a massive amount. I went on a fun trip to uh, the northern part of uh, my area, which was covered in snow. It was absolutely beautiful. So we, went, uh, we got some proper traditional uh, Japanese snowshoes and we walked around in the wilderness and then got back for a nice warm meal. Oh, I saw, I saw photos. I saw photos of those snowshoes. Do you do you, do you take those with you and put them on when you get there, or did you have to walk around all the way there in these huge snowshoes? <laughs> Luckily, we we drove there first, and then we got given the uh, the shoes before we ventured out into the snowfields. Ah, but cool. uh, they were really cool. They were made of like willow or something, and they were they just spread your weight out like the tennis rackets that you see in like cartoon old yeah. cartoons. And in terms of anime, I uh, after last week's revisiting of Bleach, I went away and watched the first two of the Bleach movies. Oh, it's just it hits that perfect nostalgia vibe for me every time, and I'm just really glad that we we went back and visited uh, that show. I feel like this sh- this show in general is just an excuse for you to relive all your favorite animes like every week it's like oh, so we we talked about this episode and then I went and watched a fuckload of those episodes <laughs> and then I watched all of this show again yeah. all 300 episodes <laughs> I don't work anymore I just watch yeah so um this week I haven't watched too much anime I've I've continued on I watched another couple of episodes of Sword Art and I watched a little bit more of um Carol and Tuesday uh, which, which you know, is still I'm still really enjoying. Uh, You're really plugging away at that sword, aren't you? You're really giving it a good country go. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think it's it's fairly easy watching. Um, I think, and this is this is something else that I've come to the realization. A big turn off for me is when I have to watch it on something like Crunchyroll or find it somewhere else. Having things on Netflix just makes things so much more simpler. And obviously, mm. that's not going to go down well in the anime community because there's so much <laughs> out there that's on things like Crunchyroll and that. But for me, coming from very mainstream background, the interface of Netflix is just so user friendly. It's I can have it on my phone, I can have it on my laptop, whatever. 
and you know mm. even it's even got um screen in screen now so like i can do other things oh, on my yeah. phone while i'm watching netflix and things like that so it's like it's just so easy and when when i have to go Doesn't to the help effort, as well that crunchyroll and funimation are just red hot garbage in terms of their entire interface and the yeah. way that the actual streaming of stuff works it's it's upscaled sometimes and not true hd whereas netflix has all got the original uh cuts of everything and like you say it's just easy because it just it just keeps flowing yeah it keeps going and going and going whereas crunchyroll you have to wait and then it reboots and if you're not a premium member then you've got ads to have to sit through every yeah. time yeah i think yeah. i think at some point i'll um i'll you know upgrade and go to premium on crunchyroll but at the minute i subscribe to every bloody streaming service under the sun and it's like i just can't ju- i can't justify spending more money on tv shows well soon you won't have to split it at the very least because recently uh crunchyroll and funimation actually uh, they've, they've merged yeah, so they did have something about that on twitter yeah yeah, they used to have a partnership before where they would share certain titles and licenses before they went their separate ways. But now uh, Crunchyroll has been brought into the fold underneath Funimation now. So everyone's mm. hoping that, does this just mean that Funimation titles will play on Crunchyroll website? Are we going to combine everything together? We're not sure what it looks like just yet, but hopefully that means one subscription. Um, cool. But it is kind of concerning because that means that Sony now opens the two biggest anime streaming services in the west and it's completely under their control and you know competition is good for for things to keep improving yeah and if it's all just homogenized then i'm concerned that there'll be no drive to have to improve the dodgy player or so i'm obviously i'm very naive to all of this sony owns what uh sony owns funimation yeah and they've just bought crunchyroll right okay Right. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to set up our own and start competing. Because <laughs> just got to get across there. That's that. Get, get hey, look, you, I remember you told me a couple of weeks ago. That's how Crunchyroll started. Started streaming stuff. Uh, <laughs> we'll just set up Sorry, our own. pirating. Yeah, and uh, we'll go from there. Right. That's the next business plan. We're on it. Perfect. Um, I've also, I've also, Sam, been watching a little, a, a little bit more anime. You've been watching a little bit more. Oh, I thought you said you hadn't watched much anime this week. Okay, bro. all right. I've watched some Why new... Why would you lie to me like this? <laughs> okay. Dude, chill. That was a real gamble you took there with my emotions. <laughs> Sam, this is a bit. Why are you ruining it? What, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching new anime, okay? Ah, and what have you been watching this week? I've been watching... <laughs> As you ruined my segue. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been... <laughs> I've been watching uh, Kakaguri. And we've already spoken about oh, how to no. pronounce this, and neither of us feel confident pronouncing it properly, but we're pronouncing it yeah. Kakaguri for this episode. Yep, absolutely not. I can't roll my R's enough to get around that last R and UI at the end of the word, so Kakaguri it is. Yeah, brilliant. So Sam, what's this uh, show about? Can you give us the lowdown of uh, what Kakaguri is about? Yeah, sure. Um, so Kakaguri is a shonen of all things, gambling anime, which is based on the manga of the same name by a writer and illustrated duo, Homura Kawamoto and Toru Nagamura. Uh, you'll remember we've had this before on the show when we looked at Death Note, who had a artist and writer duo together. Um, the series has gone on to be 
fairly successful with a number of spin-off manga, a live-action TV drama, mm. and a live-action movie altogether. Mm. And the version that we're looking at today is the 2017 anime that was handled by Studio Mappa, a studio that has in recent years come to dominate the ongoing seasonal anime uh, landscape. Uh, known for their stylish production and hiring of really quite spectacular talent. We also have the sequel season, Kakagiri XX, which aired just last year on Netflix. My first impressions of this were... I I went into this really excited. I wanted... wanted, You told me it was about gambling, and I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get, like, Ocean's Eleven casino vibes, uh, where, (laughs) I don't know, they've got these big mind plays. uh, And it turns out it's basically food wars but with cards and it's card wars that's what it's it's card wars (laughs) um or gambling wars or something and it's from the first three episodes it feels very much monster of the week style (laughs) but done a bit more creatively but it's it's what weird gambling game can we have this week yeah just enough twists to get you through yeah so it's um it's set in this school isn't it where there's the the whole and I can't get my head around who's running this. I don't, we don't see a teacher in the first three episodes. We don't see them go to class. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Like you would think that with all the stuff that we find out over the course of these episodes, somebody somewhere would have said, actually, maybe this has gone too far because Yako yeah. Private Academy is this rich kid uh, elite of the elite school where rich and famous people's children come to learn and to become future leaders um but also at the same time it's got a really really bad gambling problem yeah the whole school is just addicted to gambling all different types all different versions of games that that they seem to have just made up games to keep themselves entertained they 100 percent have yeah it's it's a bizarre world where there are no adults and that we're sort of just accepting the fact that and I'm not willing to accept it, I'm afraid. <laughs> There's a lot of this. I'm like, no, hold on. I, that's that's clearly going too far. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of it is meant to imply to be taking place after school. Yeah. But, but it's a boarding school. The same there should time, still be people there. Yeah, caught, like saying, actually, no, maybe you shouldn't be treating your fellow classmates like literal slaves. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> we start off by meeting uh, Ryota who is our point of view character because he's got just as little an idea of what's going on as we do um except he can handily exposit a few times every now and then and 20 seconds in we're met with this gloriously contorted and twisted face of mary oh my god what is with the faces right they're so grotesquely expressive yeah it's it's not an it's not an attractive uh, bit of drawing. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. So he's he's pl- he's gambling with uh, Mary and she wins and he's lost a lot of money and we get this sense that this is a big deal and he's like absolutely gutted. But she's just so excited and pretty much erotically charged by this, as many people are when they win as or we when, find out. <laughs> when they're when they're gambling, it's a sexualize they sexualize it a lot. And she's like this the w- the way they distort the face, it's like really intense and I'm just like mm. and interestingly Whoa. for the first three episodes, I don't see them do this at all for any of the male characters. It's just the girls. Yeah, we like the worst we kind of get is Ryota looking shocked. But nowhere near nowhere to the near. degree and intensity that the girls do it for. But it's 
like you said, a lot of it is very ugly and very kind of twisted, mm. which is the opposite that you would expect compared to like like we said, food wars, where they're like their eyes are rolling back in their heads and they're all blushing. These guys are like snarled demons. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, predatory, isn't want. it? It's like. Uh... Yeah, it's that dark side of sexuality. I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a it's weird more vibe lust to go with. Than yeah, passion, isn't it? Uh, uh, and keeping that kind of sexual motif going, we come straight into the OP, mm. which is just it starts with a panty shot and only gets more suggestive and kind of charged. Honestly, from there. honestly, the intro is probably the, the OP is probably my favorite bit of the, the entire it's so good it's it's a really good op like the it's fucking phenomenal yeah it's so jazzy it's like dominatrixy it's got these weird and quirky uh transitions and abstract scenes that just sort of blend into one another like kaleidoscope-esque yeah. stuff going on it's really so this kind of alice cool. in wonderland vibe yeah. isn't it that they've kind of arrived at this dinner party and that everyone's on the menu especially poor Rita, who gets like <laughs> properly grabbed by yumiko yeah um and the animation throughout the entire opening is stunning uh the series was directed by yuchiro hayashi who storyboarded the op as well and everything flows so nicely yeah. with the music it has that similar to last week when we talked know, the week before when we talked about carolyn tuesday that almost rotoscoped vibe mm. with the way that they're dancing and moving towards each other but it's still kind of more fluid than what i feel a rotoscope should be yeah so i'm just oh, i played it every single time yeah never hit skip yeah me too it's a it's a really cool op and like i say best bit of the three episodes um, we, <laughs> i always see where you're falling early i see <laughs> yeah so we find out that um what's he called uh riotta um Risotto. Risotto has become a house pet, and uh, we're already getting these. <laughs> they're setting the the standard early, aren't they? There's constant shots of people's legs and people's asses. Um, yeah, short skirts. Yeah, and people are having conversations, and we're looking at their asses and their skirts and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. So fan service is on the menu today, and <laughs> we get introduced to our main character, really, or our secondary character yeah it's weird because we're introduced to yep. risotto first yeah but then <laughs> risotto. uh but then we're introduced to yumiko yeah uh who is the one who's featured heavily in the op and in all the trailers and the posters so he she's kind of the true main character but it's and done from a Ryoto third perspective is kind of, isn't it yeah she's she's our kind of expert yeah. Who the other characters are in awe of. So she's the protagonist driving the story, but our point of view character is the is Fido. Oh, so Fido, up. as he should now be called. Fido. So it sounds like a dog's name, but yeah, we'll go with Fido. Well, that's well. Uh, did they not say that in the? Yeah, I assume you watched the dub, right? Yes. Ah, so in the sub, they're all called house pets as kind of a blanket term. Yeah, yeah. But then individually. Boys are called Fido. Yes. And girls are called Mittens. Oh, so Fido is literally meaning dog. It, yeah. Okay. As in, like, you are a dog. Uh, you are a pet. Fido. All of you. I all see. Of you boys. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Because um, I didn't know what Fido meant. And I was like, I've only just sort of, when you said it, only hearing it again, I've sort of thought, oh, that sounds like a dog's name. And yeah, obviously it's a dog's name because Mittens. Yeah. Okay. Fine. 
um, fall on me. Right, moving on. We get um, <laughs> we get Riotta Riotta Risotto becomes Yumiko's guide for some reason because he's president. Yeah, he's, the, oh. yeah, he's the class rep, which means fuck all because he's still this like lower than low. <laughs> um, it's, whatever this is the one bit of power he's got left will yeah <laughs> give this to him <laughs> so he gets there's our only teacher there's our only teacher in the whole show is the one who introduces yumiko and then disappears for the rest of <laughs> yeah. the season <laughs> yeah so he takes her on a tour of the school and basically exposits to her about this gambling situation uh and she's very excited by this he's he thinks she's very yeah very excited yes again she even gets her a little cool evil laugh moment where she kind of ominously stares into the middle distance laughing whilst Ryota's there like, okay, do you want to go see where the bathrooms are? Or <laughs> It's just so over the top. It's like... He's dialed to 11. Yeah, I, do, I don't know why. It doesn't need to be. It's not a good quality for a show to have, in my opinion. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so jarring. But, um, you know, whatever. That She's very excited by it. And we get... She she wants she's excited to get challenged and Mary who is clearly I feel like she's jealous that um, Riotta has got this role or she's jealous of the new girl basically because she's every, yeah, everyone's she's getting all the attention she's getting the all the girls attention. around the place so Mary comes out and calls her out and is like right we're gonna gamble let me let me introduce you to the school properly we're gonna gamble and we get our first look at a serious game I say serious it's rock paper scissors but um, but with extra steps. With extra steps, yeah. Which is interesting. I think it's a, it's a good <laughs> job they cut out. All, it's a, it, it would be really boring if they played this in real time because the majority of this game, people are just writing on cards and putting them in oh, yeah. the box. And every Whilst round, the two girls just every round look they pretty have, at each other. Yeah, every round they have to rewrite the cards and to go around the whole room again. So it'd be very tedious if they showed us that entire scene. Um, yeah. So yeah, the premise of the game is that everyone in the room puts either rock, paper, or scissors on a card, and they draw the the, the players, the tomb players, face each other, and they draw three cards each, and then they play. Instead of doing rock, paper, scissors with their hands and getting to choose completely at their own will, they have to choose one of the cards in their hand, and they might have three of the same. They might have one of each, but that's unlikely. Or they might have two and one, and they they don't know what the other person's got. So it's about reading the other mm. person. Quite an interesting concept. I I didn't mind that. I thought I can get on board it's with this. Cool. Um, yeah, I think it's a game that I, would be interesting to play if you had thirty friends who didn't want to join in the game for half of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you went to a school, I guess where it was expected that where you always have an audience. I guess. Yeah. Because a lot of these games it, are spectac- spectators sports, aren't they? They're, in, yeah. Even in the next few episodes, we see people watching and getting a buzz off watching other people gamble. So yeah, you're right. You wouldn't be able to do this probably at a party. Uh, but should we play some you cards? <laughs> you guys watch... <laughs> you, you 30 You watch guys us. watch me play cards. Yeah. <laughs> also, all of you give me the cards that I want you to right on yeah which i still don't really understand so they, they they play they play the game and mary is sort of oh she's got a lovely uh dominating scene with riotta where she's like tells him what to do and mm. um, gets right in his ear and is very seductive yeah. as this little whisper in his ear which is really nice Ooh. um my shivers tells it tells him what to do um and 
the game plays out and Riotta, no, not Riotta, the other one. I've, I've, I've got their names mixed up. Who's the girl? Not Mary, the other one. Who's she playing? Yumiko. Yumiko. Yeah. Yumiko is um, deciding how much to bet. So she bets two chips to start with, which is what? Like, yep. Re- so each chip is, I believe... 1,000 yen? 100 th- is 10,000, because later on she chop. Yeah, she drops... Uh, 500. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she starts off with two... Yeah, two chips. Okay. She bets a small amount. <laughs> yeah, so she bets a small amount and she wins the hand and she's like, oh, look, it's a game of chance. How exciting. And then she drops 50,000 yen, which yeah. I've done the math. Okay, go Converts on. to about uh, 3,600 pounds. So right. she drops 3,600 yeah. 3, pounds on the table and she loses. They play the cards and she loses. And this back and forth keeps going for a while where she'll bet two and she'll win. Then she'll bet 500,000 yen and then she'll lose. And yeah. we get another grotesquely devilish face from Mary as she starts bragging that she's completely dominated uh, Yumiko, only for Yumiko to then bust out one, uh, 10 million yen, yeah, which is 72,000 um, pounds. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing carrying that kind of money around with you? <laughs> are you absolutely mad? Yeah, she's just got it in cash, just throws it down on the table. Um it's a bold move. It's quite, quite cool. It's a bold move, yeah, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> and doesn't it ever pay off? Because this is where we see Yumiko's true colours and this complete shift. Because up until now, she's been very quiet. Apart from that little kind of evil laugh into the distance. She's been very quiet, very reserved, very respectfully talking. And now it's like, my eyes are glowing red. My face is all like all crazy. <laughs> she goes on this, r- rant, like, this capitalist society means that money is life rant oh my god only it's to then so, say yeah anti-capitalist oh it's such a it's such a uh, i don't know i don't know what it's very intense and it's like she's just it is but it makes a good point because she's like in in capitalist society money equals life therefore the people who like to gamble must be the most completely batshit insane of us all hey that's me yeah <laughs> She's, and, and she says, there are no good characters it's, it's like there are no good characters in this show there are just lots of batshit crazy people it's just degrees of madness yes. isn't it? and this is where we get the name of the show All right, yeah. she says uh, let's get our gambling freak on which in the sub is she says something on the lines of uh, let's kakiguri oh. which means betting madness oh right okay Okay, there we go. Yeah. We've got the roll, roll title. Sequence. Roll credit. Roll credit. Um, yeah, okay. i got to say, I related to Mary when she was sat there with like one eyebrow like through her hairline going, Yeah. What is with this girl? Yeah. And, she's, and again, even throughout that, she sort of gives this big speech and then there's still every chance she can lose because she feels like she's sussed uh, Mary out. She realises mm. that the game's fixed and she's got people voting a certain way. Um, which I don't get. I still don't understand how that whole, how she cheated because she's got, um, what's he called? Uh, Riotta. 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 We find out later on, she's got Riotta behind Yumiko, um, making signals. What, what are the signals? So she has it set up so that, um, Mary's got half the class in her pocket because she's in su- beaten them in whatever games or rep- like has a yeah. modicum of power over them. And so she needs the majority of the uh, deck 
to be scissors no no paper and rock yeah because then that way no matter what she throws out yeah if she throws out paper she'll either draw or beat rock i get that but what's yeah. what's i don't get what riotta's doing i think he's signaling for which cards to because i'm i'm not sure whether the entire deck of cards gets refreshed or whether just the the six cards that get drawn get refreshed because if so then he's able to say to the ones who are on his side okay so we need more of these because <laughs> yeah you know what i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't think his role is important whatsoever like he the reason he's a cheap twist yeah it? is yeah to show that he's involved in it and like i don't know to owe some sort of debt um it doesn't really seem necessary i think if she's got that power and people know to vote they they they, they the people seem to know that she needs rocks and paper to win the game um mm. yeah whatever i don't know it is what it is either way yeah yumiko ends up winning yeah you... she kind of she, she outs this entire plan yeah and then says okay so what i've got to do is play scissors then and i win right you play paper. You think that if you play paper, you win automatically. Yeah. But if I play scissors, then I win, and I win all like twenty mil or whatever it is. Yeah. But that, yeah, and and again, this is another thing that I really don't get because Mary says, um, she says there's hardly any scissors in the deck. So even if Yumiko draws one, she wouldn't play it. Why? Why wouldn't she? She says it doesn't make sense for her to play the card. I don't get that. Yeah, it's like I guess it's like a mind game thing because they say at the start that they. You have to try and figure out the pool. So if you figure out that the pool is, if, I think, if Yumiko thinks that the pool is mostly rocks, right. then she won't throw out uh, scissors. Yeah, because she uh, and because all the past rounds have had the pool as being mostly rocks. Yeah, it it should be like it's it's the fear in her now that she's not going to play that mm. that goads her into either tying or losing. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. She, she wins. Um, she yep. calls out a plan. Um. And she goes with scissors and it's like, damn. And Mary is now embarrassed and like goes into meltdown. She doesn't have the money. And what? so there's, there's, there's this thing. Everyone in this series is either crying, sweating or drooling. And I can't help feeling that moisture, the moisture in yep. this, in this series is supposed to be very sexual somehow. And I don't like it. Yeah. It, makes me, it makes me feel the- uncomfortable. <laughs> I've not seen this much sweat since the most recent season of Haikyuu, but at least then you could justify it as, oh, they're actually exerting themselves as opposed to just getting unreasonably turned on by gambling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's intense. And it's it's like, oh my God, why is everyone so moist? <laughs> it's not... Mm, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Yumiko's happy that she's got to gamble a, a true gambler's game, she says. She, does, she likes games where... Um, there's a true sense of chance and skill involved. She doesn't like a game that she's certain to win. She doesn't like a game where she's certain to lose. She yeah. likes actual gambling. Uh, this Kekaguri point, I suppose. And to show her thankfulness for Ryota showing her to a fun game and explaining things to her, she gives him like Five. 10 million yen. Yeah. Yeah. Which, he, which pay- he then pays off the, his debt, so he, which we find out in a, the beginning of episode two, but it's not really doesn't really matter um he pays off his debt so he's no longer fido fido um 
and yeah, yeah, they're now a lot of they're now friends. Chuck out there. Yeah, but it sounds like she's got a lot of it. That's that's another weird thing because like episode. I guess she could be lying in episode two, but we'll we'll come we'll, we'll come into that in a second anyway. But she says something like, "Oh, I can't afford to pay back that twenty mil," and she gets really upset. And then the next game, she drops forty. <laughs> yeah, and is like, "That's nothing to me." Um, but uh, but then that, we'll get to that yeah. bit when we come to. I, it, I, I, there, there's I, a thing behind it. Yeah, I I feel like I I get why, but yeah, we'll come to that. So yeah. then, end of episode two, we get the ED. Mm, yes. What did you think? Which to that? has a really, has a really good song. Really fancy, funky underlying beat. Uh, and a was really it? nice smooth. <laughs> it was meh. Uh, it, it was meh. I quite liked it. Fair. Um, and we have a really clean animation loop of Yumiko walking, and it's all very fluid. But again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it, Will? It's very, very uh, fan service. Yeah. So we start with like. Close-ups of her boobs Close-up. bouncing as she walks, uh, and then like panty shots as they pa- skirt panty, Actual panty shots. There is no like you know holding back. It's just like yep, yeah, skirts flicking up, panty shots, boobs yep. all the time. And it, it even gets worse because as the ED progresses, yeah. it starts to rain, and she throws off her jacket, and we get this wet t-shirt moment where it's very see-through. And then all facades are gone, and she's now just like strutting down, <laughs> hands in the air, tits bouncing. This is me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, to be fair, it starts with her with the like the kind of the innocent start, and then she gets a bit more excited as oh, the game goes on, and then it don't ends with her being Don't try all... and justify it. <laughs> I'm just saying she's very confident in her own skin, and we should like. Uh, I don't. I, 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 I don't... You've played it now. You've played that card. Uh, that artistic <laughs> ar- artistic interpretation. That metaphoric um, butterfly. She's she's coming. Do not out. get me wrong. A hundred percent. This is a, like it's a shonen. So this is pitched at boys. Yeah. So like clearly it's there for that kind of. You don't see Ryota we, like, walking behind her in like the same no, poses. But that, do you? That, that's you know that if you talk to the writers or the artists, they're going to say exactly that, aren't they? They're going to say, oh, it shows her evolution from this shy character. Ah, oh, it's just... Into this confident person. And it's like that process that she goes through throughout, throughout her gamble, throughout her game. And we see her, the changes happen when like the chips fall or the cards shift around. Yeah, you're a seat. <laughs> I've got more to say about that when we get towards the kind of our final questions. Yeah, because I enough. think it's a big crux yeah. that we can get stuck into okay um but for now we've got episode two yeah and, and mary is is mittens now um because she lost the game she gets the badge of honor as it were yeah. little chain around her neck um which has got to be some merch somewhere and people are going to be using that for oh. all kind of dominatrix stuff <laughs> <laughs> or just a really good cosplay will yes of course with real chains <laughs> and padlocks <laughs> To go alongside. Um, Come, mittens. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh anyway, <laughs> we get kind of a bit of a rundown on how this system works. You've got 3,000 students in the school. The bottom 100 are house pets. Yeah. And if you, you have to make regular donations to the student council in order to keep your rank within the school, and which is essentially equivalent to your social standing. And because... Mary lost, and because Ryota lost in the first episode, they got knocked into this bottom 100 and were thus then slaves. Yeah, and when it's when 
obviously the council do a re-rank, don't they, at random. And it just so happens that Ma- random, yeah. Mary's lost this uh, at this opportune moment. She's lost all this money and then they've done a re-rank and she's in the bottom 100. So everyone's giving her crap about it. She has to pick clean stuff and like do jobs and things for you. And we see at the, be- the, end, oh, the beginning of the first episode, Riotta is Mary's footstool for a bit because like he's... Yep. And there's another lovely you- leg shot there during that scene as well. So yeah. We've got some new mittens and uh, some new mittens for Christmas. And oh, so warm and toasty. <laughs> um, and again, I'm thinking, how the hell is this a situation that the school? Well, where, where, where's the where's the school board? Where's where are the governors? Like, why why aren't people where's saying the PTA? St- yeah, like what's going on? Where where, where is any adult <laughs> that could? You know, you're paying all this money for this kids. school, and this is how your children are being treated. Like so. It just gets worse and worse, especially in this episode, where it's like... Yeah, like, we meet Sumeregi, who actually tries to justify it by saying, oh, because so many rich and famous children come here, uh, they're expected to enter into the world of their brothers and fathers, so we need to prepare them as leaders and get them ready to start dominating other people. So that's naturally why gambling is allowed so much. And I'm like, that... No, (laughs) that's not good management skills. I, I get the logic, but it is just sort of like trying to justify it for the for the purpose of the show. It's like, right, why would people be doing this? Okay, they want to be powerful. They want, and I, I, it reminds me, probably more in support of this show. It reminds me of those like um, underground sort of club, burlesque clubs and stuff, where like it's not even burlesque clubs, but you know, you see like the mafia films and things where that in the rich and powerful they prohibition and they're like underground having really high stakes poker games in the back rooms of smoky clubs and stuff yeah and that um that idea that the rich and powerful have these uh members only clubs that you sort of get access to and it is things like um brothels and you know high-end brothels and high-end really seedy stuff loads of drugs Mm. loads of um sex and sordid uh a sort really really weird environment uh which, you know, so it, I guess it does kind of fit with that. It's that sort of, this is it at a school level. Yeah, I was going to say, and then you remember that it's at school and it's like, we're still getting a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Unchecked by, like, six formers, essentially. Yeah. but And it's like... But, but then, <laughs> but then, yeah, I, I, there is a part of me that could buy into that and the, I could imagine establishments, maybe not in this country or may, maybe in, like, Russia or something. <laughs> I think a lot of it plays to the fact that such absurd amounts of money are just being chucked around as is. Like, if you're mm. a teacher at a school like this and a kid in your class could just throw half a million quid at you... I guess you are sort of c- controlled by the the students, aren't you, a little bit, in a, in a sense. It's, like, you, you're not going to say no to these children because... Because you know that their parents are powerful, yeah. you know that they, by proxy, are powerful. Money makes the world go round, and when you are on a teacher's salary, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Gamble away, we're, kids. We're, I'm off the clock. <laughs> we're, God, we're, doing, we're, we're justifying this show far too much. What does senpai mean? Senpai? Yeah. Senpai! Oh, senpai! Senpai! <laughs> oh. God. <laughs> it's, a, it's a term of respect. So you have senpais and kohais. So a senpai is typically somebody who's either older than you or is in a position of greater authority of you if you're about the same age, uh, who you respect. Okay. So okay. typically 
and then a kohai is the other way around it's somebody who's younger than you um that you are showing respect for so you would say afterwards so i'd be like will senpai teach me how microphones work (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but obviously that it's over the years if if, if, especially the the audience could see the sweat on my face after that after that statement oh they'd be getting all all sorts of vibes (laughs) escorgasm face away (laughs) we've got more kakaguri to talk about Okay, so moving on, we where where do we get to next? More z- honestly, the next three lines are things about zooming in on people's asses, and and we we uh, yep. we we meet it it's Itsuki. Oh no, you've got us down to something else. What's what what have you got? There? Oh, Sumeragi, yeah, Itsuki Sumeragi, yeah, and who is a card player? She is a card player. Double concentration is what I, uh, I've got down as the name of the game, yep. and that's the one. It's our monster of the week for this episode <laughs> and she we get a little bit of backstory which does become important her family owns a toy company a big toy manufacturer and they make yep. lots of toys and so she including this brand of cards including this brand of cards which she <laughs> you know unapologetically sells on camera to her student body and um she challenges um yumiko because she's like She's yeah. she's bought her way onto the student council, hasn't she? So because she's yeah. got loads of money, she's basically invest uh, donated lots of money to the student council and automatically got accepted onto the student body, which gives her certain. She's at the top of the hierarchy, basically. But she yeah. but she's, paid she's got to get a good there. social standing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she challenges Yumiko to a game of double concentration, which I actually thought was quite a fun game. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? But I'm sitting in the same boat as Ryota in which I'm just like, this is so far above my head because I have the memory of a sieve. Yes. And I would, I'd go, ah, oh, yeah, that's that card. I can barely play regular concentration, let alone, or like, the, I can't play the one in Mario where there's like <laughs> 10 cards, what, six, 16 cards yeah. or something. I'm just like, where was the star? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I'm exactly the same. My memory's terrible. Um, and I think for this, these characters both have some sort of photographic memory, which kind of makes it a bit like, okay, mm. fine. So you're super powered. I, I genuinely think this is, uh, we're going to find, this is my prediction. We haven't done a prediction in a while of what's going to come about, but. We've it, not, no. And, and to be fair, I don't, I don't know whether it's obvious or whether it's, or whether I'm way off the mark or whether it's just not relevant. But anyway, I think that Yumiko isn't there by chance in the slightest. She got on board far too easily with the gambling. She um, enjoys it way too much. She's far too good at it. And she's got this like photographic memory. She enjoys gambling. She's awesome at it. And she gets a thrill from pushing people and the boundaries. And I just feel like there's no way she's there by chance. She's there planned by either her or a family or other people to sort of turn the tables. Maybe like they've decided that it's too there's too many too good for too long yeah there's too many people in powerful situations that don't because they 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 sort of hint at the fact that this new uh school school council have changed things and made in the past two years and it's got the discrimination against fidos and mittens has gotten a lot worse and things have been escalating since they arrived yeah so for anyone who doesn't know the, the the idea of conscience concentration is that it's a deck of you know, 52 cards and you have to turn them over to uh, at random. It's basically matching pairs. You've got to remember where the pairs were. Yeah. You get you get a go flipping them over. If you match them, then you get that pair. Now, double concentration is using two decks and 
you have to get instead of matching the same numbers you have, have to match the same number and the same suit yeah so it's like 10 times as hard there's only one pair out there that you can match um and there's twice as many cards so it's a real game of memory skill and we find out that the main character it's not the main character the main person the main protagonist for this game itsuki is really good at this game and mm. they play the first game and Yumiko nearly w- wins. She gets close, but she loses. And um, we find uh, Itsuki has donated the 20 million yen for her to play because she couldn't afford to play. So now Itsuki's won. Yumiko's in all this debt. She owes 20 million yen. And she's like, oh, damn, what am I going to do? I can't afford to... I think that's my third dame of the episode. I've got to stop using it. <laughs> she- <laughs> oh, damn. That's a lot of money. And damn, she- boy. <laughs> she puts on these tears and she's like, let me play again. Let me play one more time to try and win back my money. And we get... <laughs> well, we get... The- uh-huh. it's-, it's like, okay, we can play again. But this time, I want your nails. Oh, God, it sends a shiver down my spine every time. How is this a thing? How is she collecting people's nails? I want to see how she's even taking taking people's nails like what what machine what uh, i mean i'm you no know, thank these, you these people are rich but no don't aren't you curious because like she's a no <laughs> basically yumiko bets instead of money she bets all of her fingernails and all of her toenails like how well, that's because yeah well she has to bet that in order to get the 20 mil back doesn't she yeah she owes yeah so well she's bet- that's yeah i mean if she loses she doesn't owe the 20 mil i guess but she well no if she loses she still owes 20 mil and she loses all her yes, fingernails yeah she doesn't lose 40, 40 <laughs> mil, which uh, and we get this kind of scene like Sumeragi pulls this kind of creepy case out and inside the case of all these like immaculately preserved fingernails that she's torn from all these other people and it's like oh that is sick why oh, that's really like I want to meet the people. There's so many nails in there, and that's just part of her collection. I want to meet the people. Mm. Like they must still be at that school, just walking around with no nails. Like that. That's really grim. And why the fuck isn't she arrested? Like just call the police, dude. Like I mean, I guess the other side agreed to it. To be fair, yeah. Okay, I'm sure that wasn't. But like this is this is the thing. The the amount of money being thrown around for a game of chance. For me, I like I don't really enjoy gambling too much. Yeah. So this is all really ridiculous to me. And then to get to the point of having so much money that the alternative is physical harm, I can relate to physical harm a lot more than I can to twenty million yen. Yeah. So that for me is a bit more visceral and gets in I suppose hooks me in enough to kind of be like oh well that's actually like a, some stakes that i can yeah but it's contrived state uh, tribes contrived stakes that like why you wouldn't agree to that i mean she would because she knows she, she figured so basically everyone in this bloody school is cheating and it's yumiko's job to and i think that's also what sort of links me to this sort of like infiltration everyone seems to be cheating and that that takes an edge off me it, it, it takes something away from this show because I wanted to go into this and get some like really cool gambling, really cool double bluffing, sort of like mm. Death Note style, like battle of the minds. And it just turns out everyone's cheating and it's Yumiko's job to somehow suss them out. Figure, 
and yeah to still to win. figure out what the, what the play is and then also it's a different kind of mind game it. isn't it it's it, it, yeah i don't think you're gonna that... hook people in with the gambling when that's the end result because again the stakes don't feel as high if you've got one person who's in this position of absolutely going to win and the other person's job is kind of explicitly to figure out the cheat and then win yeah it doesn't it's kind of always assumed that they will figure it out which doesn't always happen in this show to be fair no. but it again I, for me i feel like the amount the amounts of money that are getting hurled all over the place they don't mean anything past a certain point. No, no, because it, it seems like everyone's just absolutely loaded, including Yumiko, which we find out Yumiko. in episode three. But my, it's also that but I feel like yeah, the nails on. ground it a bit more enough for me that it's like, oh, that's actually kind of dodgy. So now I'm actually kind of a bit more invested in this game. Yes, the reasoning's contrived because it's just appealing to Sumeragi's like masochistic sadist not masochistic, just sadist ways yeah. and inflicting pain on people for her having won. Yeah, but, but then knowing as well that she's cheating to do it, again, it takes out that true wit and beguilement out of it. You sort, For me, you sort of hit it on the head there where you said about it's, it's just her figuring it out each time. And I feel like going forward, that's what's going to ruin the show for me. Like already by episode three, I'm thinking, right, so this person's going to be cheating and she's going to have to figure it out. And they're just, the show, I'm, uh, they're just, the show's going to have to try harder and harder to come up with new and interesting ways for that to happen, mm. for them to cheat and for Yumiko to figure it out. And I feel like it's just going to become a bit of samey, a bit sort of same old, same old. Um, but yeah. hey ho, we'll, we'll uh, I, I, it's just, just a vibe I'm getting already that I'm just like, okay, so this person's cheating as well. How? Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. The monster of the week this week is more cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the game carries on for a bit and uh, we get into our, the second game and Yumiko gets to go first and she and the very first cards that she turns over are a matching pair Yeah, and we find out that there is some special ink on the cards that when heated display a certain pattern and then it fades which uh, Sumeragi has perfectly memorised and to be fair this is probably my most hype moment out of the three episodes because okay. Yumiko uh, just starts flipping pairs just perfectly yeah every single time yeah and calling out the cheat uh, yeah and the fact that oh well if that people know that your company has been producing trick decks and you're going to lose all credibility and Sumeragi we get this internal monologue of her going it's fine she'll mess up eventually because no one's got like a memory that good so then as soon as I get a turn I'll just do it perfectly and win. And then she keeps saying, when I get a turn, when I get a turn, when I get a turn. And Yumiko just flips 54 pairs of cards over and just goes, I believe that means that I've won. (laughs) Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. But again, to me, it's sort of like, she's too OP. She's just... Yeah, it's too much, isn't it? Like, she's got this photographic memory. Like, the uh, Itsuki, or whatever you call her, she says, she says that, she her in a monologue she said that she's practiced so hard she's gone through a lot of effort to memorize these patterns over you know time and time again but it's so worth mm. it because of the payoff which you know great she's worked hard at it but then yumiko comes in and memorizes them all instantly and yeah. she she says something which i don't agree with she says um uh i the, it's a good job you use the same 
same decks or the same they have the same patterns on because I memorized them from the first game. Surely that has no implication because aren't you're just looking for the same patterns, aren't you? You're looking for the that pattern replicated on that card. So you're looking for pairs. It's basically yeah. yeah so having the same patterns, you still they're all the going to be in, patterns on the- they're all going to be in different positions. So you're still going to have to look at these fresh decks and fi- figure out where these patterns are. And it, whether they're the same patterns or different patterns shouldn't really matter because you've just got to memorize where they are possibly i think it's more that she said because the the two fresh trick decks used the same patterns for both yeah it just meant that once the second deck came out because she'd already learned all the patterns all she had to then do was go okay so i know now what do you what mean learn pattern is what do you mean learn the patterns though that's what i don't get you're not learning patterns so each, you're just memorizing where e- they are no, no no so each card had that marking on the ink right yeah a certain part of the pattern on the card had uh ink to make them all look the same and then once they've cooled down the card a specific part of the pattern on each different suit and number would fade away yeah representing that card so then all she had to do was look for the two cards that had the same missing piece of ink yeah and then flip both of those and then they would be the same yeah, card from the two I, different I decks. completely agree so yeah so the second deck so both decks have the same so say it was like a two of clubs yeah both of those two clubs will have the same bit disappear. Yeah. So then in the first game, she's using that first game to figure out, okay, so that's the two of clubs and the pattern on the back was this. In the second game, because it's two new fresh decks in completely different positions, all she's got to do is wait for the, all the ink to fade away and become invisible again. And then she just goes, okay, so I know what the two of clubs is from the last game. So I'll just go, duh, 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 duh. Mm. And then match everything. I don't know. I, I, I still feel like, look, we're not going to linger on it too long. I just feel like if you can judge it from the back of the card, then you can judge it from the back of the card and you don't need to have played it twice to be able to do that. It's just a case of that one's got the pattern missing. That one's the same pattern missing. So I'm going to flip both of those over. It doesn't matter whether it's the two of clubs or the seven of spades. It's just, I'm going to flip those over at the same time because they've got the same pattern on the back. But anyway. Yeah. It's, um, it's another, it's, uh, for me, it's another version of, um, Riotta being stood behind her and having, Expositing. yeah, having this, <laughs> having this extra role in the game, which isn't really necessary to make the play. It's just something else. Um, but anyway, she wins and, um, Ipsky, oh, yeah, Ipsky is just, you know, she goes, devastated. She's, she's devastated. She's sweating and she's all like, and, all excited about it for some reason. Um, she starts breaking down. Um, and oh Whilst my god, going Yumiko goes nuts on her. She's just like all intense. Like, let's play another game. Let's keep going. Oh my god, are you enjoying yourself? Come on, you want to play? Let's bet your fingernails this time. You, you were fine with betting mine, so let's bet your fingernails. I'd love your nails. They look great. And it's oh my god, you are crazy, oh. girl. You're <laughs> absolutely so crazy. Insane. Uh, which is enticing. It's 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 different that you're not. You're not, you don't necessarily like this character, but you, you love to hate her. You just want to keep watching to see what she's doing. So You want to see just how mental she gets. Yeah. Which and is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, there's some really excellent animation flourishes while she walks towards her and like the way that her face is contorting and the, the glowy eyes. And there's even like a bit of a voice filter going on. Yeah. And then for Sumeragi to just break down crying. And be like, I don't want to do it. I can't possibly do it. And then it just cuts to Yumiko, just like, wow, that's a buzz kill. Yeah. 
It's just like you got me all worked up and hot and bothered, and now you're just going to blue ball me. Yeah. Screw you. Ryotaro, <laughs> find me another game to play. <laughs> they march out. We get a um, a small insight into the council figures. and They seem very wacky and crazy as well, just as crazy as everybody else, and they've all got their own little things. And we, I didn't realise Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon was in this, because... <laughs> he is, like, the only other male character. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was fun. He's just... I was just like, oh, he, it's the same. It's the same character design as Tuxedo Mask. I hope he uh, comes in and does nothing. Um, <laughs> and we we get an official match as well, where Mary, oh, yeah, right at the end. we walk in on Mary, who's lost, losing a absolute truckload of yen to a new adversary. I have the figures. She's forty nine point six million in the hole. Which is £358,000. And she screams and it really hurts my ears. Like she does this. Oh yeah, she properly. Yeah, properly goes for it. Yeah, so she loses all this money. Cause, and we find out in the beginning of episode three, which we're on to now, um, mm. that when you are a, what are they called? A house pet. Yeah, when you are a house pet, you get one chance, one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once, once in a lifetime um to <laughs> challenge whoever they want to one more gambling game um and they can basically set the odds and as long as they're not too ridiculous um mm. they have to accept apart from if it's a member of the council and then it doesn't matter how ridiculous they are they can still yep. they can they typically have to, have to accept sky's the limit yeah yeah and she challenges i don't know this character's name what's this character this one is Yuriko. Yuriko, yes. Yuriko on ice. And she... <laughs> Yuriko in kimono. <clears throat> mm. On ice. Mm. On ice. Yeah. <laughs> we, and, and we were introduced to a new game. So every episode we've got a new game. And this Gosh. one's, this one's this interesting. One, uh, it, again, it's roulette, but with extra steps. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. I love roulette, though. So I was a bit biased towards this. I love uh, it. See, I initially, when watching it, was just completely bamboozled about what the hell was going on. Yeah. But then, so you need. So basically, there are ten swords that you rattle around in a cup, yeah. and then you slam down onto an, an approximation of a roulette board. And if a sword sticks blade up, yeah, then. Is it just one sword? No, de- it depends. Or is it every sword that lands? Every sword, sword that lands in, so- yeah. And I think it has to land point up or point down. I think if it's flat, it doesn't count. So it's just uh, if, it, if it falls into one of the slots, which I think is ridiculously right. hard anyway. Like I don't see that yeah, happening right? um, a lot. But yeah, so it has to land hill up or blade up. And if it's blade up, you are then it's life it's life you're spared and if it's it's times by 30 yeah so whatever you bet you agree on what you're going to bet before the play and you then whatever you bet say you bet like a hundred thousand yen or whatever you then distribute that onto different numbers on the board like you would with roulette you distribute it onto all the different numbers that you want to cover obviously Mm. the more spread out you are the more chances of winning you have but also the more the less you're going to win because you're betting less on each number. And if you, you, there's more chance of you landing on both of them or one of them or the other. It's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit, yeah. The, like you say, there's a lot of steps and yeah. Um. Anyway, 
I can't even remember where we start with this. We Mary Mary's lost basically. She's lost yeah. her money, and Yam, y- Yamako, Yamako comes in and is like, "Right, I'm going to challenge you now. I want I want to play. It sounds fun. Um, let's give it a go." Um, and they decide to bet forty million yen, and this is where we we can link two hundred eighty-eight thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> two hundred eighty-eight thousand pounds. What's that in dollars? Ah, uh, you suck. You got me. <laughs> you got me. You've got it in euros, right? Yeah. Uh, I've got it in uh, Chinese yuan. If you really want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually. Please don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> You've just gone for British sterling. That just shows your um, <laughs> your perspective. My true blue British colours. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the match kind of kicks off, and we have a lovely. Uh, bit of direction for the, throughout this match i really like the, the setting in that it's this tatami mat room bathed in this really nice twilight light and all the characters are kind of accounted for the shading like where it falls on each character's face and it's just a really nice visual aesthetic mm. to it cool um but then as the match kind of progresses with them spreading out the chips and nobody getting any uh, winnings to start with. Yumiko just starts completely trash talking this girl. Yeah, Yuriko. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know what they used in the in the dub, but she goes, "Oh, you play terribly, don't you? Uh, you you're taking giving people hope and then tearing it away from yeah. them. You're a real piece of shit." <laughs> yeah. It, for, in in the in the dub, it says you're like a two bit loan shark, and then it says. Um, you're shit and you know it. Oh, <laughs> which I thought was great. You're shit and you know <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh, look at Sam bringing out the sports chants. <laughs> Go sports! <laughs> but it, kind of it, the idea is to try and rile up the uh, the other um, council member, yeah. uh, Yuriko, in order to try and Provo- force her hand. Into it's provoking her to cheat, isn't it? It's trying to push yeah. her to the point where she's like, "Right, screw this, I'm winning." Um, and it turns out that doesn't work because the council member we don't think realizes that it's fixed. Maybe yes, because she's fixed it, but then the student council president has fixed the fixing, right? In yeah. order to kind of to counter whatever cheating is happening. Because I think if a student council member is going to get caught cheating, then that's going to do damage to their rep and mm. whatever else. And the student council president ain't having any of that. So she storms in with a bunch of other wackily designed characters, <laughs> essentially just to say, finish the bet yeah, and get on with it. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it turns out that Yumiko... But th- there's a magnet in... <laughs> There's a magnet in the dealer's hand that attracts one of the swords that also has a magnet in so that they can manipulate where the sword lands. And there's this big uh, reveal that this is a really ingenious way of betting because it's not surefire. You can't win every time. Mm. It's A lot of it is by chance. So you're still going to lose a good chunk of the time. But on average and over a long, long, long time, you're going to be better off you're going to be in the green or in like those really crux situations or those really kind of you need a win you can then force it in your favor yeah but i still no i don't know i I feel like it was still because you can't you can't dictate where the other swords are going to land you can't dictate where 
there's too much still yes. left to chance to secure it in any one situation. I think it is generally yeah. just over the long haul. Um, I like I like Zumiko's lineup. This isn't a a game for people who want uh, for people who are good at gambling. This is a game for people who are rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Um, and she provokes the uh, council member so much and then she bets everything on one number because she feels like that's where it's going to land again i'm not sure how she's figured that out i'm not sure how she's figured out where the sword's going to land because it's different to wherever the person manipulates it to um but uh, i don't know anime be anime and also i don't know where how the judge knows where it's gonna i guess she's just practiced it she's memorized the board but like like dragging her hand across the cup to the place maybe that's it because yumiko does do like that gesture very loose gesture um of when the judge is using the cheat Mm. she moves her hand down the cup to kind of guide the sword yeah so maybe she she can't see the board at the time because the board's under the cup Uh, so it's like and she's also then got to wait for her oh yeah and she has to make the bets beforehand doesn't she yeah because yeah, even the other girl calls it out and says oh but they've made the bets beforehand so how would you know yeah mm. it's it's a it's a tricky cheat to sort of explain yeah. well and i don't i don't i don't think we're really on board we're just sort of accepting that that there is a cheat going on and that again takes something away when it's so convoluted and complex that we can't really understand what's going on that that takes mm-hmm. something away from it doesn't it and I'm sure that somebody out there can probably tell us what, like, what we've maybe missed with that. But, but as a noob. As on a first watching. <laughs> but yeah, as a, as a noob or even coming back to this and watching it a second time, it's kind of like, okay, so what's the rules again? And how do we, uh-huh, so this does that. And there's so many moving pieces. And I'm just thinking if this is your first time coming into a show, mm. would that be too much all at once on top of a lot of other things? But we'll get around yeah. to that. Cause, because... The episode starts to end out with Yumiko having the the cup revealed is that <gasps> it's landed randomly yeah. in uh, Yuriko's side of things. And she actually ends up winning and putting uh, Yumiko into <laughs> a two million pound debt. Yeah, so Yuriko beats Yumiko and Yumiko is upset, but Yuriko is quite happy. Um, too many similar sounding oh. names. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> um and we introduced this like, the last idea. Of, I had. Yeah, we introduced the idea of this badger, which is an old term mm. for when they basically Japanese gambling houses. Yeah, yeah, when they fix the game um, using the yeah using the needle through the needle hole. Um, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, they, yeah. So we, we get we, we get this feeling that the uh, president of the council or the the other council members have fixed the fixing of the game. Um, that somehow Yuriko doesn't know anything about, um, in order to sort of preserve their, um, superiority or their, their sort of, uh, cleanliness. I don't know what, you know, like they're not to say that. Yeah. They, they keep the status quo as it is. Yeah. And because you, because this is the same day that the other council members already lost. So mm. maybe it's to like mitigate the damages that they've taken, whether it's to kind of knock Yumiko's, uh, confidence. We don't really know just yet. But they have this moment where they lock eyes with each other, and Yumiko asks, "Is it a badger?" And she goes, "Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe. Oh, big mystery." <laughs> and so Yumiko goes to try and explore and find 
like after the game, yeah, whether there was a badger going on. She's on top of some stairs, which I couldn't tell if that was meant to be the room below the club. And there was because why would there be just some stairs that she sat on there? I, I don't or know. There was meant to be like a PE shed. Either way, <laughs> she's a mittens now. Oh yeah, and she's she's playing it. Oh, she, she is, is playing owning that. It. Um, yeah, yeah, so she... yeah. Should I wear a tail? Oh my god, <laughs> it hurts. It's. I sat. There, I was just like, this is too. I I get it, but it's just I having watched so so much anime i've watched so much anime so much anime having uh, this is what episode 14 so i've watched 14 different shows and Mm -hmm. just getting that vibe of this is such so seedy and it's for a specific purpose you know like she could have done it sort of jokingly like stood up and stuff but the way she acts it out on the floor on all fours crawling towards them it's so sexual flapping a skirt up to the Uh, point where Ryotaro comes and tries to hold her I thought he was just going for an ass grab to be fair (laughs) to him wouldn't surprise me would not surprise me keep the skirt down but yeah and so she's mittens she's lost all her money she scares off everyone she sort of owns it and is like huh cats are cute and I'm not bothered I'm happy about this and she's like boom I'm gonna challenge the student body president and that's sort of where we leave the third episode isn't it yeah which kind of ties into the beginning of the episode so luckily at the start of the episode we fought we hear oh well admittance can challenge anybody regardless of the game blah 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 so you kind of leave off with that element of did she intentionally lose Um, but then the fixing of the fixing implies that no no, she didn't (laughs) Just a but happy, maybe it's just happy a coincidence. Stance. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. That's oh, that was, that's the first three episodes of Kakaguri. That is the first three episodes. Um, Do you have any odds and ends, Will? Not really. It's it's a CD show uh, with CD characters and very intense. It's it's. I like the animation. I, I think the animation mm. style is very crisp. I mean, it's a modern anime, so you'd expect it to be pretty high quality. Um, it's a Netflix yeah. show as well, so they're usually pretty decent. Yeah, pff, yeah. It's got some good character animation, like you said. It, the faces for me are always the highlight, just because I'm just trying to see how much more weird they can make them go. Yeah, whether it's if nothing else, like the sheer uh, emotion that is displayed by these characters, whether it is arousal or fear or anger, it comes across very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in general it is directed very well. Like the choice of, apart from like the lingering ass shots and <laughs> some choice angles, I think like the way each game takes place in a different style of room, like a a shuttered classroom or in the middle of a storm and that kind of twilight light coming through. All mm. the locations are quite interesting, and yeah. the way that the characters talk to each other is cool, especially like when one of the council members or the opponents is is explaining their trick mm. and time seems to stop and they're talking almost to the viewer and walking around like stopped time. I like that kind of neat flourish to avoid just exposition. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think we need to move on to our evaluation, Sam, and ask ourselves those three questions.
Right. Okay. Here we go. The first question, yeah. Sam. Is it conceptually good? This is hard. So yeah, I think it is a strong concept because hearing oh it's an anime but gambling yeah um is interesting because i think most people have gambled at least once in their life in some way yeah. so you can kind of relate to it in that way and by animifying it it's also very mainstream isn't it gambling it's uh so. yeah it's 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 in the public consciousness a lot more than yeah say i don't know volleyball or robots anything else. robot <laughs> and by turning it into an anime and making it so over the top and stylized, it tries to kind of show that dopamine kick you get when you win a hand at poker or mm. something like that, except your insert characters here are horny anime girls. Yes, they are. Um, I, what about you? What do you think of the concept? I think we sort of managed to convince ourselves that this is a good concept halfway through this episode. I w- would have said originally... No, because there's so much in this that sort of seems contrived. But the way we talked about these political figures and the way that we know in history there's been these like gentlemen's clubs, these private members' clubs that have these really seedy tones to them and that they're sort of like way off the grid. Um, you know, you know what the, they could be like just a shop front or a, a an abandoned building down a normal high street that no one knows about. Mm. Um, and there's all these things going on, this, this prostitution and drugs and stuff going on inside. I think this is a, this could reflect like a, a, a high school version of that. So mm. I did think, especially it, with that much money running around the school, exactly it makes it make a bit more sense. With the, well, yeah. So I think conceptually, this sort of underhand, weird, seedy gambling world at a school, it, it, it could be really intriguing. And I think conceptually, yeah, it's pretty good. I think what kind of cements it for me is that there is an entire subgenre on my anime list and other kind of aggregate sites of just gam- like anime about gambling mm. because it's clearly popular enough to have multiple shows of that ilk and the way that this sets itself up as a high school anime but intense gambling yeah. is interesting so cool yeah I think conceptually it is good okay god but will I need to ask you yeah go on are there any fundamental turnoffs that get in the way of the viewing experience? Not, not, not really. No, I don't think any. Cool, right? Book yeah. closed, and <laughs> on to the last question. <laughs> of course, there are some big fundamental things that could be turnoffs, and we have to kind of decide whether we think they are or not. There's the over-the-top sexual representation of these characters. There's the sweating and all the moisture running around this place. God, they need to turn the aircon on and just you know cool off a little bit um there there is no time for cooling off in any of these episodes it's very much like it's always intense always about the gambling always about Mm. their feelings towards that it jumping yumiko even using kind of the same sort of terminology where she goes oh man this is such a buzzkill you got me all hot and bothered and now this it kind of everything comes back to it It, i'm going to devil's advocate you a little bit with it okay because I agree that the over sexualization of it all and that kind of perv- it feels so much more perverse it does, yeah. because everybody else is reacting to it as if it's weird that she's turned on by it as well. <laughs> so it's not like Food Wars where it's it's meant to be oh they're just really enjoying the food here everybody else is kind of freaked out. But all the creepy faces are accepted. All the creepy faces are sort of like 
that's just how people react when they're having fun and it's this yeah this, so <laughs> exactly. they remind me they remind the face the faces they pull remind me of the titans from attack on titan oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just that weird sort but of somehow even more horrifying yeah go on what's your devil's advocate <laughs> but yeah so i agree with all those points about the, the sexualization but i think that thrill of gambling and that link to sexual kind of gratification and that link there is a real thing and it is yumiko's kind of character trait she gets off on or she finds gambling really exciting and really arousing arousing for her it is a real thing there are studies on it i checked (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i don't doubt that but my issue even within that devil's advocate point and saying okay it's tied to this character character trait and can we show this in a in a adult way does that then justify everything else like the fact that she moans and grabs her crotch yeah. and bites her thumb yeah. that she when she enters her kakaguri mode there's an uh, there's a splash sound effect <laughs> as she grips her breasts and thrusts her bum out like and thank you for demonstrating that on camera that was really good i like that <laughs> that, uh, sign up to my OnlyFans for just ten pounds a month. <laughs> oh dear, um, Yumiko should start an OnlyFans. She'd clean up. She would, yeah, yeah. Because the character designs again are really, really attractive character designs. The problem is, well, seventy percent of the time they are. But when so, they... yeah, it's just so horny. <laughs> yeah, and also the the gambling itself. I think the made up games for the most part are mostly sound. But when you have to explain a brand new game every single episode, yeah. you're kind of losing any chance at real character characterization in lieu of having Ryota just go, and this is how this thing works. Yeah. Look how impressed you should be that everybody else knows how this thing works and you don't, so I will explain it to you. I think um, these games are made up and based on some other game and stuff and i think that they're gonna have to work really hard to keep that going to come up with interesting ways to gamble more extravagant ways and it honestly i know we sort of joked about food wars being similar but i feel like the way you've talked about i don't know whether this i think this was off mic but the way you talked about how food wars develops and how it Mm. becomes more extreme and more unrealistic and things like that i could see this going in the exact same way where like elements are brought in Mm. to try and top previous episodes and it just becomes ridiculously outrageous obviously that's not a judgment in these three episodes but i just get that feeling that that's the way it could go so does that come into you into that final question for you then of making you want to watch more if if that's how you feel about yeah i guess see this series going i guess how do you feel about carrying on um i don't know i think i'd want to watch a couple more to just see how it develops in the in the near future but i have got my reservations about it and i do think it's Mm. uh quite intense and very intense and i think overall that middle the 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 over complicated games the fact that there seems to be some things in there that aren't needed to do with like the character you know extra extra levels or depths to these games that to explain it aren't really Mm. necessary Uh, the uh, the sexualization the faces the uh, intenseness of it all yeah i just don't feel like it's got what it takes to be in the universe there's not enough there to override that for me what about you Mm. Mm. so i was kind of yes and no but you've you've 
push me more towards no there to be honest i think like you said i don't know if i could go through another nine episodes of learning about a brand new game and then just watching yumiko figure out how to cheat at it all whilst she just gets off in the background yeah <laughs> like for me the most arresting and interesting out of these three episodes was episode two mm. when it got to the point where the nails were getting put on the line yeah because that sense of stakes there is tangible it's not life-threatening but it's just kind of gross and horrific enough that there's going to be a lasting impact and they mention about the side effects that you'd have i think it, it goes in very early with these huge sums of money mm. and i don't think like every week i could just watch them adding another couple of zeros to the end because that doesn't mean anything to me no and I think it's, they, they try and make it comparable, they, don't they? That, that's what the, tape, mm. the league table's about and like the rankings because then it doesn't matter what the amount is, you're comparing it to everyone in there. So it's a comparable judgment, isn't it? Um, yeah. But, and I, th- I feel like I have the same worry as you that if they kept going in terms of kind of physical punishment, they'd peak too early with a life or death situation. And then from that point onwards, it's like, oh, well, if every game's life and death or a billion, trillion, million dollars, then mm. what am I worried about? Because the, the status quo is just going to eventually reset itself, even if she does lose one or two. So yeah. you've swayed me around to saying, no, I don't think that I would continue to watch more, which means I think that's two out of three that we've said. Yeah. No, to, I don't. I, I, unfortunately, we've said, as we've said in other episodes, if one point is particularly strong and can carry a show. Yeah then it can make up for any other deficits, but I don't think it being a good concept no. here is enough to save No, which, the other two. which is a shame. I think there may be other gambling shows out there that could do a really good job of hooking in newbies because I think conceptually that idea of having something really, really sort of down to earth as like the gambling industry and things like that, it also is, you know, very personal to, to a lot of people that, People have a lot of strong opinions on gambling um, and people will come into gambling shows thinking, oh, I know what it's like to feel that and they'll have real life experience of it. So I think there's definitely potential there for other gambling shows to pull people in, but it's not this one. Nah, it's not this one. If I might recommend from some, I've not seen it myself, but a lot of um, my friends have watched a show called Kaji Ultimate Gambler, which I've been meaning to watch. And apparently that is a gambling show where things stay very grounded and realistic and there's a slow escalation Mm. of stakes and stuff so maybe that might be something maybe somebody could tell me how they thought that show stacks up and i might end up going and checking that out instead of carrying on with this yeah yeah well maybe somewhere down the line we can uh we can do an episode on that and let people know what we think um Mm. well that brings us to the end and unfortunately kakaguri is not going into the universe yeah sam yes next week it's time for next week what's 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 happening oh well it's been a while it has been a while since we dipped our toe into this pool okay this wonderful pool and i'm very glad that you mentioned a certain uh masked hero uh hero this week (laughs) because next week we'll we're dipping our toes back into the world of magical girls yes we watched sailor moon as our fourth episode and it managed to swoop into the universe wonderfully 
as being an icon of the the 80s show joe movement so next week will i'm gonna ask you to watch uh, a more modern interpretation of that style of show uh, the show is called madoka magica madoka magica okay lovely i look mm. forward to watching that so it's it's modern sailor moon basically yeah okay, it's modern sailor moon. we're gonna make so many back references to sailor moon aren't we perfect lovely <laughs> okay that's what i like i hope that i hope that the girl with the brooklyn accents there that's all i'm yeah it's all that i'm praying for have you forgotten a name yes i can't remember her name we'll have to we'll have to re-listen to find to re-watch <laughs> sailor moon to find out her name and bring her back specifically i'm just gonna go check my notes but for now <laughs> yep that ends our episode for this week guys uh thank you so much for listening um if you want to talk to us and tell us what you thought of kakiguri or any of the other shows that we've looked at and either granted access to or denied the privilege of joining <laughs> the anniversary you can check us out at gateway tta on pretty much every social media uh except our twitter which is gateway yeah yeah you got it wrong you got it wrong dude oh the wrong way around no. <laughs> Ugh, gosh yeah you can check us out on all social media platforms pretty much at gateway to the anniversary except for twitter where we are gateway tta but it does still show up as gateway to the anniversary on there please do get in touch let us know what you think and subscribe to the podcast on your app of choosing to make sure that you get a lovely little notification when we upload new episodes. Wouldn't that be lovely? That would be delightful. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in the universe. Bye.